the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Hello, world. Welcome to the Funniest People I Know podcast and radio show. I'm George Kaloris, and here with me today are some of my favorite funny people. We have Alexandria Sweat. How are you doing, Alex? I am doing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> doing is good. TJ, how are you doing? Uh, same. All right. <laughs> we are full of enthusiasm this week. That's two for doing. <laughs> Back again this week, filling in for Will is a great friend of the pod and one of the funniest actors I know, Abigail Williams. How are you, Abigail? Hello, I am the same, actually. I think I'm going to have to join my friends and say doing. We have four hosts that are present for you today. We're going <laughs> to try to make some good funny here. Abigail is an actor, a singer, a music teacher, and an all-around awesome person. I'm so glad to have you on the show again, Abigail. I think this is the fourth time you've been on, which is exciting. I think, yeah, I think that's right. Thanks for having me. You're like the Kevin Spacey of SNL. You keep coming back. I don't want you to ever compare me to Kevin Spacey. Hold on. <laughs> Alex Wait. Baldwin. Like there we go. Alex Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> the worst he's done is yell at someone over a parking spot. So, right? you know, today I discovered that Alec Baldwin, for a stint in his career, narrated Thomas and Friends, the old oh. school Thomas the Train children's show. As I was watching it, it changed from George Carlin, and I thought, this Voice is different, and I looked it up, and it was Alec, and I thought, that's why I don't like this show anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Must look like a very angry train, though. He did. He does Henry all wrong. He just does it all wrong. Sir Topham Hatt sounds like an angry tyrant. (laughs) Not what it was meant to be. When you're with a uh, 12-month-old day in and day out, these kids' shows start to mean quite a lot to you. And when they change voices on you, it's like losing a friend. Why would they do that? How many voices have they had for Mickey Mouse? I don't know, but there's a stint in there. Absolute garbage. (laughs) I want to know what children programming is really hitting your spirit right now. You watch this with your little one. I really like to watch Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. That is the one that brings me the most peace and happiness. We watch Daniel Tiger when I'm having a bad day. (laughs) I also really like Tumbleleaf. If you like stop motion or Claymay, this show is phenomenal. It's just pleasant. It's just nice. There's chickens named Zucchini and Rutabaga. There is a fox. It's really lovely. And I have watched the whole series, all four seasons, and I was angry when they ended it. I started Googling the people who made it, but I was furious that they ended the show. And I kept trying to Google, surely E! Entertainment is going to tell me why they ended the series, but E! had nothing to say about it. (laughs) Why is that not at the top of their list of hot topics? I couldn't understand it, personally, or professionally. You should start a petition to have them bring it back on Hulu. The New York Times wrote what I felt was a bit of a scathing review of it. They were like, it's really nice if you don't care about character development. And I couldn't disagree more. So I thought about writing them to let them know why the New York Times was wrong on that particular review. And then just to show the creators my support. And then I thought, what has my life become? TJ, you should watch this show. And I want to hear your review of it. Tumbleweed. Yes. Amazon Prime. Good. Will do. (laughs) TJ is, I don't know if he's 
glitching or if it's a shoulder a little bit swerve. of both. I don't I'm enjoying it okay I'm making a dance and it's like called the Karen where she puts her hands on her hips and then she like shakes her head back and forth I don't know <laughs> <laughs> you kind of just look like a fabulous chicken oh thank you like, pizzazz the fanciest yeah. chicken in the coop pizzazz the gay chicken Yes. He's always in a foul no. mood. <laughs> Who's writing this? I don't know, but TJ's starring. It sounds like a great new kids show for Abigail. <laughs> I love that we started off this episode with a conversation about children's shows and gay chickens, because it has been a hell of a week. I know on a personal level, we've all just really felt the emotions from a week in this country where we saw the murder of George Floyd, we saw riots, civil unrest, political chaos. And this is normally an uplifting show. We don't really get into politics too much, but I just felt like it'd be super disingenuous if we didn't address the world around us and where our head's at and how we're feeling these days. I see Alex nodding. You want to start? I totally agree. We just always try to be light and funny, but there's just been a lot of heaviness this week. I must say I felt very unfocused. I did want to take a moment, if we could, just to say the names of victims of this year alone. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Sean Reed, Tony McDade are just some of the names. It's a lot. It's like super hard to just focus on anything but what's going on right now. I agree. I've been just on Twitter just following the news as well as everyone else's reactions. And I think I'm most proud of these nonprofits and individuals rising up to not only educate, but tell us how we can help and do our part and what we ourselves can positively grow as a society, which includes donating and showing up and sharing information and just informing each other. How far can you go with it and what can you do? Mm -hmm. TJ, you went to a march this week, right? Yes. In Atlanta, the marches sometimes happen around my building. I'm in downtown Atlanta near the Marta station. That's deliberate because they know you don't like to go too far from your apartment, but they want you to join. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) How do we get TJ to support? We start in front of his apartment. There was one coming around a march. It was really cool. I swear they get bigger and bigger each day. And there was signs and there was people dressed up and people were coming out from their balconies and cheering us on, which I thought was really cool. And these organizers, you can tell who they are because they're the most passionate I saw one of them make this car turn around. She made her do a 360 in the middle of the street. And this organizer even stopped a city bus coming. She, I swear, laid on the ground in front of it and would not let it pass. It was a sight to see. Abby, I was really interested in talking to you this week. I know where your heart's at. It's been emotional, and I say that obviously with the understanding that the emotions are there for everybody. I've had a lot of conversations with my friends just about their stories, just trying to listen. You know, I think that the temptation for people who are white, and I guess I can only speak for myself, is to want to speak out and say, here's what I know, and I want to educate all the other white people. But for me, I've been challenged to just sit as a white person and say, what's my responsibility? 
how have I contributed? There's been grief to me and also a lot of healing. Mm -hmm. So it's been a good, hard week. And I don't say hard as if our, Mm -hmm. you know, we're experiencing is, it's certainly small on the scale of what our friends, our brothers, our sisters who are black are going through. We're just trying to listen. And truly it's just been with a lot of sadness. We're talking about fundamental issues like what kind of society do we want and how do we want to rule ourselves? So many things in our world are, they've always been this way. And change is hard and it's painful and it's hard fought. There's inequities and there's issues with good cops and bad cops. And really we have to have this conversation as difficult as it is and as painful as it is. I think it's important that we discuss it. I knew that this conversation was going to get kind of heavy and I had an idea of how we can lift the mood a little bit because I know I need a laugh. Last yeah. week, we did a mock interview with TJ, which was <laughs> one of the oh my gosh. longest experiences of my life. I got a migraine, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. <laughs> has somehow become a fan favorite. I've heard a lot of response from people who really enjoy <laughs> TJ's interview, and they just yeah. really love the way TJ answers questions. And so I have a little game for us called TJ's Conundrums. I went back into the vault and I found some of the conundrum questions we asked one of the episodes in December. And in that episode, we passed this little bag around and we pulled the question out of the bag and we each answered it. But for this game, I thought, I'm just going to ask TJ difficult questions. I'm drawing now from the bag and we're just going to ask TJ some questions. Question number one. Oh, Paul. <laughs> hey, TJ. Hey. What is a life-altering activity that someone should have to experience at least once in their lives? A life-altering activity? Yes. There's so many. Um, all you can think about is giving birth right now because my sister is giving birth today. So. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think everyone should give birth. I don't know. Would that be overpopulation? So maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I see. I think there's a flaw in the biological makeup of humans. I don't think women should have the sole responsibility of giving birth to children. I feel like men should also be, I don't know, capable of getting pregnant as well. So they also have to worry about, you know, um, like, you know, The government should be able to control our bodies, you know, like who said it best, Samantha B, if, you know, men could get abortions, like you could get one out of an ATM machine. So uh, I feel like we'd be further along, you know, if we had both genders having to be able to get biologically childbearing. So I think. Would you um, like to be one of the first men to give birth? I'm not a time in my life right now that I can be pregnant, so you can be pregnant anytime. So. Yeah, I would be on the the birth control right now if I. Yeah. Good luck. All right, TJ. All right, TJ. Question number two. Yes. Waffles or pancakes? Waffles or pancakes? Oh, oh my gosh! gosh. Wow. Waffle or pancakes are both very delicious. Pastries, not pastries, but you know, like like what dough-based uh, breakfast items. <laughs> like, you know, like I don't know how to describe. They're not pastries. I don't remember what kind of category they fall in. Like I guess bread or that even is. You know, both you can do so much with waffles. On one hand, 
best waffle I've ever had is from like Waffle House, and I always get those. <laughs> you gotta go big and go home. And then if I had pancakes, though, I would definitely mm-hmm. go to the IHOP. They have some really great pancakes. I also make some really amazing pancakes at home. What I put on top is some frozen berries, some like melted frozen berries just popping. I think that's healthier than maple syrup, in my honest opinion. Wait, you oh. gave a recipe. Does that mean you prefer pancakes to waffles? Oh. <laughs> I was like, you never answered. Yeah, answer oh. the You really should be in politics. This is fascinating. <laughs> ability to not answer a question. <laughs> You just run out the clock. You just wait until the news neighbor's like, oh, we're out of time. And you're like, yeah, so I don't know. They're both good. Both for me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Both. Yes. Third question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you could instantly learn a new skill, oh, putting forth no effort, like you just download it into your brain like the Matrix, uh-huh. what would you want it to be? A new skill to download from the Matrix? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> In the Matrix, there was, I feel like, mind reading and watching hell choosing of sorts. I don't So, uh, God. I'm going to repeat the question. Yeah. Okay. okay I think we threw you off by mentioning the Matrix. Sorry. Ugh. If you can instantly learn any skill, yes. but you put forth no effort, you don't have to train, you just in one second can learn the whole skill. Right. What would it be? Um, and the Matrix is not involved? The Matrix is an example because <laughs> oh they, they would plug in your brain and then you learn something in a second. Yeah. Like, rather than studying and practicing. Right. Okay. Um, piano. Piano. Yeah. That's a solid, coherent answer. I'm surprised. Right. I didn't. Yeah. I'm still mad that my parents were not letting me learn the piano when I was a kid because I think that was, you know, an age where it's a lot more easier to read music and learn an instrument is at that age. But instead, they had me playing Little League sports, wasting time and energy to sing in a field picking flowers when I could have been <laughs> learning the soundtrack on the piano. You know, I'll say as a piano teacher... The biggest difference between children and adults learning piano is that children have parents who force them to practice. And that's pretty much the only difference. (laughs) Almost all of my adult students are very flaky and just don't practice. I'm just saying. Would you like to teach TJ the piano, Abigail? Would I like to teach TJ? (laughs) (laughs) How much would we have to pay you to teach TJ the piano? More than you could afford. I think When I was a kid, my mom took me to one piano lesson, and then the teacher said, okay, well, if you want them to be good, you have to buy a piano. My mom's like, we can't afford a piano. You're not going back to piano lessons. And that was the end of my piano lessons. And mm-hmm. I never thought about it again until my uncle died, and we were at his funeral, and my mom was like, you know, when you were a baby, he looked at your fingers and said, that kid's got some long fingers. I hope I can live to the day to hear him play the piano. And I was like, why are you telling me about how I failed this man's wish at his funeral? And it's your fault because you're too cheap to buy a keyboard. You didn't have to have a full-blown piano. Sorry, TJ. I said, as a teacher of the recorder as well, it's only going to give you a migraine. Just stick with the piano. All right. All right, TJ's going to start learning how to play the piano. And while we're on the subject of music, 
I think we should go into our versus battle of the week. Abigail, you were here for the first versus battle. That's right. And we've kept them up week after week, and this week we're doing an Atlanta-themed battle. I'm really excited about this. Atlanta is a music city. Some of the greatest artists have come out of Atlanta. We've been the home of Usher, T.I., Ludacris, TLC, Jermaine Dupree, Andre and Big Boy, CeeLo Green, Carrie Hilson, John Mayer, Zach Brown Band, Donald Glover. I could go on and on and on. This is a musical town. Everywhere you turn, there's a new artist coming out, selling his CD on the street. Every bar has an emerging artist taking their talent out to the public. And so I really felt inspired by Jermaine Dupree. He had this idea to do an Atlanta versus battle on Instagram Live, and we decided to take it and do a battle of our own here, <laughs> funniest people I know. We made some rules, Alex and I, uh-huh. for this one, because there's so many people we could pick from. Mm, so, so hard. One rule was they actually had to be from Atlanta, which is why I'm not here talking about Ray Charles today. We can stand for their music, not them as a producer. So like Jermaine Dupree, Dallas Austin, kind of fall off the board. And we both picked Outkast. And ah. so we said we can't pick Outkast because in both of our opinions, nobody can beat Outkast. Going from there and having been really prepared to do this battle with Outcast until we made that rule a few minutes ago, we we're going to move mm-hmm. on. So, Alex, who did you pick? To represent Atlanta, I went with Usher. Okay, awesome. He's already the winner. Let's just end this right here. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where I think I might have messed up and actually kind of forgot a rule. <laughs> he has to be an Atlanta artist. He is Atlanta to the core, Okay. Sure. Like you know, Usher's Atlanta. Usher's yeah. Atlanta. He, yeah, he lives here. He's put this city on the map. He's amazing. I see him all the time at bars. Of one time, I was real rude to him because he tried to push in front of me in line at a restaurant. And, oh, so I have, I have, I feel like you have to live in the same city with somebody to get to see them that many times. So he counts as Atlanta. Exactly. How do you explain Usher Raymond Boulevard on in Chattanooga? Isn't that an honor? Because he was born there. They named the street after him. But he grew up here. Right. Whatever. There's MLK boulevards everywhere, but MLK is only from Atlanta. I'm going to play this the way a politician would. If at any round you beat me, I'm going to be like, well, Usher ain't really from Atlanta anyway. (laughs) Usher uh, Usher is from Atlanta for the purposes of this game. I love Usher. I saw him open for Janet Jackson in 97. One of the best shows I've ever seen was Janet Jackson and Usher. But Mm -hmm. I went this week with the one and only TLC. Oh, strong choice. I was really back and forth with a few artists, but TLC is one of the top selling girl groups in American history. They have a ton of number ones. They have a ton of top tens, and I really felt like they could fight anybody you might bring to the table who I thought was going to be ludicrous. (laughs) (laughs) I almost thought that, but upon talking to my friend Chris today, I had to go with Usher. I love ludicrous, but... Usher's Ursher, baby. I just... And Luda had his battle, right? Luda went up for himself. Usher and TLC have not. So we're going to represent for them. They haven't had their battle. So Usher versus TLC. Alex, do you want to take the lead on this? Do you want to go first? 
You know what? I want to go ahead and start off with this because I'm feeling pretty confident about this battle. I just want to let you know I'm ready to trash talk you. Category one, we always go with their breakout single, the thing that kind of puts them out there for us. I was torn between a couple of songs for Usher on this, but I decided I'm going to start us off slow with Usher's Nice and Slow. They came out in 1997 off of the My Way album. My first song for us, I present Usher, Nice and Slow. I pull up, anticipating good love. Don't keep me waiting. I got plans to put my hands in places I've never seen. Girl, you know what I mean. Let me take you to a place nice and quiet. I know I started us off slow, but what you got, George? That's good. That's good. That's a really good song. I remember that song. TLC came out. They had their first album, and it gained them a little bit of traction. TLC becomes a thing in 1995 when they released the album Crazy Sexy Cool, and this is their first song that went to number one. I present to you Creep. Sorry, gotta go with Creep. It's just so good. <laughs> I know that's right. Such a good song. <laughs> yeah. What about you, DJ? Yeah, I'm with Abigail on this. Yes! Oh. <laughs> this is a really, really hard battle. They're both sexy as hell, both groups. Their music is real smooth. They bring back a lot of memories. This is a good battle. There is a lot of crossover and connection here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, TLC totally has that one. All right, Alex, what you got for that? So round two, we decided round two would be a hometown hit. This is a song they released that mentions Atlanta. So what do you have for your hometown hit? For a hometown hit, I had to go with the first single from Usher's fourth studio album, Confessions. And the song speaks for itself. I present to you, yeah. Yeah. By Usher, Lil John, yeah. and Lou. She thinks me, Shawty, I want the way she is. I'm like, yeah, just work that out for me. She asked for one more dance, and I'm like, yeah, how the hell am I supposed to leave? And I said, this song comes on at any event i'm out on the dance floor i have no no morals no scruples whatever i have is out there i'm going for the gold i don't care i just wrote a parody to this song with will amato for a sketch we're working on and it's the crowd favorite because it's usher's yeah 
Sorry, George. <laughs> There's definitely some bias before we've even played the second song. But, you know. I'm going to be honest with you. TLC does not name drop Atlanta very much. And this <laughs> explains why I met T-Boz in the 90s at the airport. And I got nervous, and I was trying to talk to her, and I welcomed her to Atlanta. And she goes, I live here. So I just yeah. ran away shyly. But the reason I didn't know she lived here at the time was because they never name-dropped the city. They have one song that name-drops Atlanta, and it's a collaboration. So I'm saving it for round three. And instead, I'm going to take you back to the summer of 1995. This is a stretch, but I'm going for it. Summer of 1995, you couldn't go anywhere in Atlanta without hearing this song from our girls. Waterfalls, number one hit of the summer in 95, biggest song in the city. That's when I knew for sure that they were from here, but does not <laughs> name throughout Atlanta. I got to be honest, but if we're going up against, yeah, Waterfalls really stands the chance. So judges? I love that song. Can't help but start singing the harmony. Don't go the waterfalls. But nothing was ever going to be able to touch you after me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, DJ? I love that. I think that might go with waterfall yeah. this because every time I get to the chorus, I'm like, ooh, ooh, ah, da, da, ooh, ooh. You would pick that over <laughs> Yeah. He prefers ooh, ooh, ah, ah, ooh to yeah. Yeah, it has so much traction. Everyone in the world loves, it's not just an Atlanta thing. It's like hitch. Come on, everyone like in the world loves waterfalls. Everyone will tell you, don't go chasing waterfalls. It's sound advice. What? You could drown, or metaphorically, I think it's about relationships. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's uh, just about, you know, cheating on somebody, I think. And it's just solid relationship. It's relationship with the city, peace up, A-town down. Yeah, it's actually about Atlanta, but Usher's not from Atlanta, so I say it's a tie. Okay, politicians. Oh. Round three is a collaboration. Alex, what do you have? This is gonna be it good. Was so, so hard because Usher's catalog, I broke down in tears and was in fetal position several times while making this list because there's just so much good Usher music and it's so hard to narrow it down. But for the sake of songs that made me happy when I was going through my club phase, for collaboration, I picked a song that was released in 2010 off of Usher's sixth album, I believe, Raymond versus Raymond. And the song features Nicki Minaj on a song titled Lil Freak. Oh, 
be doing the Karen dance. TLC was just too much to have to collaborate with anybody. They didn't need any guest voices on their tracks. They had their stuff covered. But they collaborated late in their career with Sean Paul and Little John to make a very Atlanta song called Come Get Some. You know, I got to say, nothing sounds more Atlanta like Lil John. <laughs> if you want some, come and get some. Come and get some. Sounds pretty straightforward to me. He was never known for his subtext. So true. All right, uh, judges. Yeah, judges, let us know. I like a Nicki Minaj collab, so I think I'll have to go with Team Usher on this one. Well, mm, John takes me back to my preteen summers when I was listening to things I shouldn't have been listening to probably at the age of 11. But I'm going to have to go with the Lil John quote collab, even though it wasn't quite a collab. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to interrupt here for a second. I've had people request that we share these videos. And another moment I wish that we were sharing them is that when TJ voted for Usher, Alex gave me the biggest loser sign. <laughs> Not had somebody give me a loser sign that big probably since the 90s. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm just saying, real recognize real and Usher wins, period. <laughs> what do we got for personal jam? What's your favorite Usher song? Personal jam, I'm interested in how this competes because just, incredibly hard to settle down on one personal jam but i've been in a lovey mood and i've been missing my leon here lately so i picked a personal jam that probably says more about me than it says about usher i'm gonna play hey daddy daddy's home by usher <laughs> that is my personal gay jam when I walk in That's so great. <laughs> this was difficult for me because my favorite TLC song is way too dirty to play on this podcast. But if you're oh, curious, wow. it's good at being bad. They have the line, a good man is hard to find, but a hard man is such a good find. And oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to go with my second favorite TLC song that has really spoken to me. I just really think this has a good message, and it was really popular in 1999, and that is Unpretty. I'm just a fan. You can buy your hair if it won't grow. You can get your nose if you say so. You can buy all the makeup the man can make. But if you can look inside you, find out who am I to be in the position to make me feel so damn unpretty. 
It's all about body positivity, not letting a man tell you if you're pretty or not and believing in yourself. Don't go buying all the makeup the Matt can make. That is a great song with a great message. I was listening to this in high school with the door closed and just letting myself <laughs> be alone with my glass of wine, just trying to get over the trick. This was your emo phase? Yes. Here in 2020, you are also sitting in your closet drinking wine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Some yes. things never change. I'm going to have to go with Usher because anytime he says shoddy, like I said, it just gets me going a little. And when he does those vocal runs, I'm like, I can't help but smile. If you put a goofy, idiotic grin on my face, how can I not? Abigail knows. She knows a good song when she hears it. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, Abigail knows. TJ? Yes. <laughs> We're not calling attendance. I'm asking for your vote. <laughs> Here. Waterfalls. What in the world? <laughs> what are you doing in that what? closet over there, TJ? Why don't you remember we already did? Oh, my bad. <laughs> I'm pretty. All right, another tie. Always comes down to that final round. They're legend. What's Usher's legend? Usher's legend, I don't know about y'all. But in my junior year of high school, around the year of 2004, Usher released an album, his fourth album, as a matter of fact, by the name of Confessions. The title song alone, Confessions, solidifies who Usher was. I present to you Confessions Part 2 from Confessions, the album. Is this when he came out of the closet, or...? <laughs> is that yes. the confession? Oh, beautiful. Not oh. at all. We'll play the song. Oh. You'll hear. I got it. Okay. He goes for a These are my confessions. Just when I thought I said all I can say, my chick on the side says she got one on the way. These are my confessions. Man, I'm grown and I don't know what to do. I guess I gotta keep part two of my confessions. There you go. That's good. I would have gone with You Got It Bad, but, you know. Um, that was a good one. That was yeah. a good one. No, that's good. That's good. It was a good. It's hard because Usher is Usher, baby. He's a legend. So you could literally pick anything. Mm-hmm. But I stand okay. by confession. What you got? I wanted to hear confessions earlier. Oh, I've got... TLC's biggest freaking song. The song that brought them back from bankruptcy. The song that lived at number one so long that they almost named number one after the song. I bring you No Scrubs. A scrub is a guy that thinks he's flying this also known as a buster always talking about what he wants and just sits on his broke ass We are all dancing. There's not much we can all agree on, but we all can agree that none of us want no scrub. 
<laughs> Nobody wants a scrub. I just had to put my last bin in because what you're not going to do is come in with no scrubs and try to <laughs> crap all of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if this would have been more visual and you had played one of those Usher performances where he rips his shirt off and pours water all over himself, I'm sure you'd have had the edge. We're talking nine-year-old Abigail listening to this song, feeling pretty bad with my friend, like memorizing every lyric. Like that is still one of my favorite songs to date. Nothing could have beaten that for me, except for perhaps yeah, and that would have been really difficult. So sorry, going with scrubs here. Yeah, no scrubs. Yay! I don't want no scrubs. Scrub is the guy that can't get no love from me. I'm gonna be singing that for the next ten days. Y'all remember when, I don't remember who did it, but they put out the song in response, No Pigeon? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, all the boys in my middle school used to try to sing No Pigeons back It's so up. bad. It's so bad. <laughs> it's by a group named Sporty Thieves. But because they were Sporty Thieves and stole this original idea from the Queen's TLC, that's why nobody knows about them anymore. But just in case you need a reminder of what, 40 Thieves, No Pigeons was sounding like. Uh-oh. I don't want no pigeon to be the girls who get no dumps from me. Playing the bar dumb rope with a best friend's go. Trying to holler at me. Yeah, not how the same. bad can it be? <laughs> Hashtag not the same. <laughs> What's That's the why that song loses. Because uh. Confessions is too good for you to even make a bad parody <laughs> track. Okay? That's how monumental Confessions is. I stand by my choice. <laughs> Congratulations to TLC and Usher, the first and second best artists from Atlanta, respectively. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really great battle. We're going to have another battle next week, and next week Alex and I are picking for each other. So we'll be each picking who the other one is standing for. So we'll see what oh, comes snap. out. I like it. This has been another episode of The Funniest People I Know. Thank you so much to our guest co-host, Abigail Williams. Abigail, thank you so much for being on the show. We really love having you on here. Thanks for having me. I love filling in for Will Amato. Remember to put all complaints to Macho Will at uh, what is it, gmail.com. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you need to cancel us, if we misspoke and pissed you off at any point, whether it's about TLC, Usher, or anything else, you direct your complaints to at Willamato. He'll love to hear them. We record every week for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Thank you so much to our producer, Jane, who edits the show and makes us sound funnier and smarter. If you enjoy the show, please review and subscribe, and please share it with a friend. We're really trying to get the word out. If you have any feedback, please email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook at funniestpeopleiknow. Have a fantastic week. Bye. Bye.